Welcome to the podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta, where we are committed to changing lives with faith, hope, and love. We're so glad you are here. A second scripture lesson from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 3, verses 15 to 22. Again, I invite you to listen for the word of the Lord. As the people were filled with expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So, with many other exhortations, he proclaimed the good news to the people, but Herod the ruler who had been rebuked by him because of Herodias, his brother's wife, and because of all the evil things that Herod had done, added to them by shutting up John in prison. Now, when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved, with you I am well pleased. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. When meeting someone new for generations, the advice has been to steer away from politics or religion. Instead, ask about your new friend's health or just try and talk about the the weather. That used to work. In our world today, even a conversation about health can lead right into a debate over the COVID-19 virus, and and even talking about the weather might turn towards carbon emissions and why it's 70 one day in Marietta, Georgia, and 32 the next. Making conversation these days may feel something like navigating a minefield, yet... There have always been those touchy subjects that set off something unexpected in our conversation partners. For example, a session of premarital counseling once turned into a debate over the validity of infant baptism because the young groom I was meeting with was raised in the Church of Christ while the bride raised in the Presbyterian Church had been baptized as an infant. From time to time, I'll find myself in such a conversation. Why baptized infants? By Baptist, I've been asked, why would you do that? Babies can't talk, they can't walk, they haven't even had the chance to sin. So why wash their sin away in the water of baptism? This is a fair question, but it's also a reflection of a little bit of biblical biblical illiteracy. Or you could ask the same question of Jesus. Why was Jesus baptized? We often associate these two things, baptism and having your sins washed away. Why was Jesus 
baptized, if that's part of it, if he was perfect already, why was uh, he washed in the water? In 1561, Swiss and German Protestants met to write the first and second Helvetic Confessions. There they defined it saying, Now to be baptized is to be enrolled, entered, and received into the covenant and family, and so into the inheritance of the children of God. In other words, baptism for us has so much to do with initiation. It's not just about having sins washed away. It is our adoption papers. Because we have been baptized according to the Lord's last will and testament, we are heirs to inherit our place in the kingdom of heaven. Infants, children, teenagers, adults who are baptized here become a part of this family of faith. They are welcomed into that great cloud of witnesses. Those who are baptized gather beside the foremothers and forefathers of the faith in this age and in every age who forever sing to the glory of God's name. They are heirs to the promise. Therefore, we are members of this church and the church universal. But have you heard about the church? I've told you once before that those experts in the field expect that one in four churches have either closed during the pandemic or will close because of it. I can think of a few. Only not only that, so many will say that the, the age of the great institutions of our society is coming to an end. Not only are bowling leagues a thing of the past, but civic clubs, PTAs, all kinds of voluntary organizations that made up such a large part of the social life of our parents and grandparents are declining in membership. The church is declining in membership. Now then, why was Jesus baptized? Why would Jesus want to be initiated into this? I've heard all kinds of great baptism stories. And I've lived a couple of them. I've heard about infants who held it and held it until the moment the pastor took her in his arms and then all of a sudden the, the floodgates opened and the diaper could hold most of it, but maybe not all of it. I've heard about pastors who never checked the baptismal font for water and so one just pretended that the water was in there and baptized a little baby with nothing but air. Even still... When all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. Did you hear that? 
Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River by John the Baptist. Were there sins within him that needed to be washed away? No. Were there imperfections that he needed to be cleansed from? No. Why then was Jesus baptized? Looking down from heaven on all of us, we who can't even have civil conversations with each other about the weather anymore, why was Jesus baptized? I'll tell you, it's because when you see a problem in the world, there is only one thing to do about it, and that one thing is not to fire off an angry rant on Facebook. Back when the customer is always right was a slogan that more businesses lived by. There was a richest department store manager who refused a return on a dented up old lawnmower. Must have been sold to this man 20 years ago and he came in asking about a warranty, the manager said. Well, when this man was denied a return on his antique lawnmower, it wasn't but a day or two, that Dick Rich's driver parked his car in that store's parking lot so that the leader of the whole network of Rich's department stores was having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with this renegade store manager who wouldn't live by the principle of the customer is always right. Why then was Jesus baptized? It's because when God sees a problem in the world, God shows up in person. We heard it from our Old Testament reading from the prophet Isaiah. For thus says the Lord, he who created you, he who formed you, do not fear for I have redeemed you, I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. Do not fear, for I am with you. That's how the prophet Isaiah said it, because that's how it always is with God. That's how it is with Jesus. How is it with us? I'll tell you. There's a great story about a shipwrecked man on an island. Eventually he was found, and even though he was all alone, he had made three huts. His rescuers asked him about each one, and he said, Well, that hut right there is my house where I live. That second hut is my church. That third hut is the church I used to go to. I don't go there anymore. <laughs> There are plenty of good reasons to leave churches. I can think of several. While the only way to save the church is to be involved in one. I've heard it said a hundred times. If you want to make the public schools stronger, enroll your children in one. If you don't like the politicians in power, then run for office or at least vote. You want to do something about prisoners in jail? Go volunteer in one. Join up. Don't quit. Nothing gets better if we stay at home and everything could get better. 
I heard the most inspirational story the other day. It came at the end of an article I was reading. This family, they went to their synagogue and met the old rabbi. What's your son's name? The rabbi asked, and his father told him it's Elijah. Ah, the prophet of unlikely redemption, the rabbi said, smiling. With them, the good news is almost as hard as the bad. That's an interesting thing to say, isn't it? So it took the author of the article a while to sort out exactly what the rabbi meant, and this is what she decided. Sometimes the task of rebuilding, of accepting what has been broken and making things anew is so daunting that it can almost feel easier to believe that it can't be done. But it can. It can. How do we do it? What do we do? Where do we begin? We begin where Jesus does, for our entire hope lies in our connections. The hope of this entire world rests in relationships. The way to rebuild our society is the way that Johnny Isaacson did it, saying there are only two kinds of people, my friends and my future friends. That's how we must be, because before people will even think about changing, they must first feel seen and heard, valued and appreciated. All this separating of the wheat and the chaff business that John the Baptist was talking about in our second scripture lesson, before anyone's going to let go of their chaff, they must first know for certain that there is wheat within them. It's so easy to read the passage we read and to be terrified, isn't it? I'd be scared to go hear John the Baptist preach. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Now that's terrifying, but I believe it is exactly true. For there is so much in this world that must be refined. There is so much chaff that must be swept away with the wind or else burned in the fire. But don't ever forget what is precious and what is good. I think about the church all the time. And I don't just mean this church. I mean the church. The church full of all those slick televangelists and power drunk mega church pastors. I think about how growing up in Marietta and going to some of the youth groups around here, I became convinced that it wasn't just a, a matter of whether or not I was going to hell, it was only a, a matter of when. The church is a mess. For it is just like every other human institution. It is just like every college football program and every bowling league. It is full of imperfect people. 
Yet Jesus joins up and was baptized by John. Why? To remind us again that there is something so sacred here. And I don't just mean a little sacred, I mean sacred, sacred. Have you heard that we've distributed, distributed more than a million meals out of our church parking lot? Or did you know that I cut myself shaving on Christmas Eve and had a piece of toilet paper stuck to my face while I preached that noon service? Now, thanks to two of you, I have not just one, but two styptic pencils. So the next time I cut myself shaving, I'll know what to do about it. My friends, this is a sacred place. And Jesus came down from heaven to join up a group of believers down at the river. It was a congregation just like this one, just like us. That's why he was baptized. To remind us that along with all the mess, there is so much precious here. Don't ever forget that. Amen. This podcast is a ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta. Come join us Sundays at 189 Church Street, Marietta, Georgia, or visit us online at fpcmarietta.org.